you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up? Welcome to Good Morning Football. Live in New York City, it's Tuesday at the end of March. I'm Jamie Erdogan, Kyle Grant, Jason McCourty, of course, joining you this morning, as well as Patriots linebacker Matt Judon in for Peter Schrager for a couple of days uh, before you return home. Matt, where do you spend your offseason and how do you uh, train and whatnot? I'm in Dallas and uh, I just do regular training, lifting, running, mm-hmm. biking. Yeah. Pilates, yeah. You ever mess with Russian bathhouses? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I haven't got. When around. you get back home, look one up. It's, it's, I haven't got around. Use it for your recovery, Texas, Jason. Recovery yeah. is no sauna. <laughs> it's called a sauna. Tub. They have a wet and a dry sauna <laughs> and a cold tub, <clears throat> all in one location. Gross. Yeah, I do it at my house. And there's if a you great. Have, right, if there's you always have, a great restaurant connected. You can eat right there. Oh, your really? entire right, right, salad right, bar, the bathhouse, steak, all of it, whatever you need. Steak? Yes, whatever you need. In your robe. I'm gonna play this segment. You have more swimming trunks and stuff. You're not walking around naked. Mm-hmm. I'll do it at my house. If you yeah, missed it before, so. we talked about unusual training methods, and Jason McCourty brought up a Russian bathhouse. Um, I'm trying to help the guy. And that's it. And, that's, and then Judah, I think, just kind of threw down on you when he said, I have all those things in my house. Yeah. So. We those are two just very charged terms. Russian and bathhouse. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's true. <laughs> Let's just say bathhouse. Training bathhouse. We can't yeah, take that, it back. less intense. There yeah. we go. I think um, bathhouse is worse. Let's stick the landing. All right? Time for the lead block. <laughs> lead block. Let's take a block. look at the Jets 20. So, so enthused. Uh, Jets 23 draft, 2023 draft picks. Uh-oh. Wow, shall we? I know. Um, they have six total. Three in the first two rounds. Their GM, Joe Douglas, was asked about that 13th overall pick. Looks great. Uh, He was asked about it yesterday, specifically about his willingness to part ways with it in exchange for a certain four-time MVP. Where I'm I'm from, every pick is important. And, uh, you know, obviously the 13th pick is is, is a high pick in the round. So um, you you really really have a great opportunity to to bring in a a strong player. Um, So... Um, picking in the top 15, picking in the top 20, um, you know, the odds the odds of hitting on those guys usually usually go up. Is that pick off the table? Like, is that something that's non non negotiable in a trade? Well, look, I'm I'm not going to get into any specifics on what picks have been talked about, anything. Um, but you know, uh, ultimately, we're not we're not where we need to be at right now. Yeah. Well, first of all, Lamar Jackson's a fantastic player, um, but you know where where we stand is. You know, it would be disingenuous and and operating negotiating bad faith if we went down that path. Um, so right now we have our plan, we have our process, and we're sticking to that. If you're keeping tally, that's another team on record that is not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. Uh, why that is the question, and we are going to look at that because they are in pursuit, of course, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and his what they can get. 
um, or what they have to give up to the Green Bay for the Jets to retain Rodgers and his services at quarterback. So what do you think the Jets should be willing to part ways with to get their quarterback? Yeah, first, as I listen to Joe Douglas and he says, hey, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson, I think that just has everything to do with Aaron Rodgers. Like, There's the whole 80-20 rule. You, you have somebody 80%, but you don't want to go out there looking for the other 20%. So they're already so far down the road with Aaron Rodgers, him saying he wants to be there, them saying they want him here. The last thing you want is now the GM saying, yeah, we're interested in Lamar Jackson too. Don't want to piss off Aaron Rodgers right now. If I'm the Jets, though, I'm not willing to part with that 13th overall pick. I think knowing that they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is an older quarterback. They don't know how long Rodgers wants to play. The last few years, he's contemplating retirement from the Green Bay Packers and trying to figure out what his future holds. The last thing you want to do is now bring him in and give up a pick that can help right now with getting him there. And that also goes along with trying to get this trade done before this year's draft. Because now if you have that 13th pick, you're able possibly to part ways with one of those second-round picks that they have. You get Rodgers there, you draft someone that can help him with that 13th slot. Doesn't have to be an offensive player, can be somebody on defense, but it's somebody that can help us win right now. So I get it, Aaron Rodgers, generational talent, back-to-back MVPs recently, but still, I want that 13th pick because I want to get Aaron Rodgers in the building and I want to surround him with as much talent as I possibly can in year one right now so we can chase the Super Bowl. Can you get Aaron Rodgers without that 13 pick? Mm. I, I think if I'm the New York Jets, I am I am exhausting that avenue and that route. If I have to give up a second and another pick, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, yeah. until the Green Bay Packers say we're not doing it without the 13th pick, mm-hmm. I am trying to do it. I may even give up a player or two, but I don't want to give up possibly that 13th pick. What do you Would think? You Would I do it? Yeah, yeah, the 13th specific. I think that's pivotal here. Uh, I, I don't think it gets done without the 13th pick. Uh-huh. I don't think it gets so done. So you'd be willing it. to give it up? Uh, I don't, I'm willing to give it up because I know the player Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is. I just have to have to uh, talk with Aaron Rodgers himself and see what he sees his uh, mm-hmm. future. If if you out here in two, if you out of here in two years, you want to get out of Green Bay, live your life outside of Green Bay, enjoy your time for two to three years, I wouldn't give it up. Mm. But if I see if I see you four or, or more years, then yeah. But other than that, I can't give it up. Mm. I, I can't give up that pick for two good years mm-hmm. and maybe we have a title run, maybe we don't. Mm-hmm. And then now you like, oh, well, I had my time in New York. It was a great time. I'm glad I got to play for a different organization, but I'm done. Yeah. I, it's a great take, both of them, all of them. I, I would give it up even if it was for two years. Yeah. Do you remember the Rams parade? Do you remember that thing? There, Aaron Donald's up there drinking tequila on stage. He's shirtless. Matthew Stafford's got his wife and his children up there. They're going through beautiful L.A. It was like the greatest day of their lives. Guys, they traded a first-round pick for a cornerback, another first-round pick for the same cornerback, and a fourth. You think they give a damn that it's a mess now and all the coaches got fired and it's a what are they going to do and bleep them picks? Go for it. What are you doing? You've got about 100 years of misery as the New York Jets, and I think the best to ever play the position is sitting there, and you want to hold on to a 13th overall pick <laughs> or you're going to draft some linebacker who maybe is good, maybe he's not, do it. 
You got a two-year window. If you cash that in, if you win a Super Bowl, if you get to a Super Bowl, if you get to a title game, it is worth three first-round picks, especially for this team that does not do squat, has not had good quarterback play. If you lose Rodgers because you wouldn't give the 13th pick, shame. Shame on you and shame for all of your fans. You got to do it. It's Rodgers. You're the Jets. 13th pick is great. It's not the first overall pick. Frankly, I don't even care if it is. Get the guy, do what you have to do, have a parade, and then figure it out. That's what teams are doing now. Make a bold move. Do it. We had the list yesterday of the quarterbacks that are available from a free agent perspective. It was not an impressive list, mm-hmm. the guys that were um, available, let's say. And then so then Rodgers is available. He's at your dinner table. Is he going to sit down and put the napkin in his lap is the question. Lamar Jackson is available, but what does it take to get him? It takes giving up that same first-round pick. So the thought tree becomes very circular with – if one first-round pick, why not two for Lamar Jackson, who is the mm-hmm. better quarterback? And all of a sudden, I keep landing back at Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. we had a conversation yesterday about this division in particular. And while it's uh, interesting and compelling and competitive, there is not one front-runner. In fact, the Jets beat the Bills, the notable, we thought, front-runner last season. It, all of a sudden, this division, it's up for grabs. Uh, you are competitive within it, even without a quarterback last year. So if you are going to give up that pick, and it's going to go to, I don't care what you say, Joe Douglas, Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, I think I'd rather it be Aaron Rodgers for the time being. Mm. Well, I mean, I think just for the Jets, the last five years, you didn't pick two quarterbacks in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not just go pick your quarter? You you can hand choose your quarterback, and you know what he's coming in with. Mm-hmm. You know you know how he can play. You know how he spins the ball. You know his intelligence of the game. You know what he can do. Why not do that? Mm-hmm. Why why try to develop? Why try to wait and develop mm-hmm. when you know some of these guys going to eventually leave? You have the defense right now. Yeah. You have you have the skill players right now, and some are on rookie deals, some are on massive deals, some you just signed. So you 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 got your stake in this thing. You got your stake in this thing. Mm-hmm. Why not just go get mm-hmm. your favorite food? Mm-hmm. Get them, get them. Jets fans will say this. You're going to mess this whole thing up. We got this great young core. We got all these awesome young players. You're going to bring in the, 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 the flaky weirdo from, the, from California. It's going to mess this whole thing up. We have a great thing. Why don't we trust it? Because you don't have a quarterback, guys. Yep. You, have, you have a wide receiver in a corner. That's awesome. You have no quarterback. To Matt's point, you've shown a, no ability to draft one, especially Zero. early. Go for the proven thing. You get that quarterback – you can win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, and I still believe go for him, get him there. Let's try to hold on to that 13th pick. As many picks as possible we can hold on to because Aaron Rodgers may easily play one more year, mm. especially like you guys are saying, Matthew Stafford. If he goes out and wins a Super Bowl, that's it. So is it worth it? Of course. Get as many picks to win a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. But at the same time, we're still going to have to develop somebody because there is going to need be a need for somebody to play quarterback when Aaron Rodgers hangs him up. So if they can keep that 13th pick, mm-hmm. Unless the Green Bay Packers saying it's not happening without it, I'm trying to hold on to it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
It's time now to welcome to our show our NFL Network front office analyst. He's a five-time NFL executive of the year, a three-time Super Bowl champion as well. Our friend of the show and yours, Scott Pioli. What up, Scott? Scott. Scott. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Yesterday, uh, let's get right to it, Lamar Jackson announced that he requested a trade from the Ravens back on March 2nd. Mm. What was your reaction to hearing that news and how the Ravens have responded? Jamie, I was a little bit surprised because, remember, I thought this deal was going to get done this last year. I spent time in training camp with the Ravens and got to speak with Lamar, with Eric DaCostas. I thought this deal was going to get done. Now, what surprised me was that it came out publicly because, again, this is the first time that Lamar has spoken publicly in a way that anything can be felt or received from a negative standpoint. So to me, what this told me was the fact is this may be saber rattling on his part, trying to get the deal done. But what he is letting them know is that this relationship may be getting to erode at this point in time. That if the Baltimore Ravens don't pay attention, this is going to get serious. This may be his final pitch to say, hey, listen, this thing has not gone the right way. I'm saying publicly I want to get traded, but I don't necessarily want to get traded. But you better get to brass tacks and figure this deal out because this relationship is not in a good spot right now. So I still think that there's a way that this can be salvaged, though, Jamie, to tell you the truth. Yeah, we're all waiting to see if that actually can happen. Scott, there's something we need you to help us figure out. We have Lamar Jackson, a quarterback who is franchise tag. We have... Aaron Rodgers on the other side, who is still a member of the Green Bay Packers. Mm. And the Judge GM, Joe Douglas, said inquiring about Lamar Jackson at this point would be disingenuous. And he wants to operate, he doesn't want to operate in bad faith with the Packers. Break that down. Is there a sense of being loyal within trade negotiations? Or are you trying to keep all doors open and figure out what's best for your team? Jason, there's absolutely an element of being loyal to contract negotiations and trade negotiations. And in this situation, when you're in in the trade market, you have to understand there's only 31 other teams that you can deal with in the world. That's it. So if you break trust and you start breaking relationships and you develop a reputation as being someone who heads down the road with someone and then bails, that's not a good reputation to have. So I think what Joe Douglas was doing here was telling the truth. Joe is an incredible human being and a very trusting human being. What he's doing is he's telling the public and also letting the Green Bay Packers know that, listen, we've started to walk down the aisle. I professed my love to you. I want to get this done. But... I need some love in return. So to me, what Joe Douglas is doing is he's speaking the truth. He doesn't want to break the trust of the New York Jets and have other people perceive him a certain way. However, here's the important thing. At the end of the day, Joe Douglas has to do what's best for the New York Jets. And if they don't come up with a package that makes sense that both the Jets can deal with and that the Green Bay Packers can deal with, Joe's going to have to do what's best for the New York Jets. And that's when things get difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. What you got, Matt? Understood. Hey, uh, let's go back to the league meetings real okay. quick. Uh, if it's one rule that you could change, what would that be, Scott? Here we go. Matthew, I'm actually going to talk about a rule that, that I think needs to be enhanced, and you're going to love this one because you're a defensive guy. One of the rules that makes me crazy is when I watch quarterbacks scramble, get outside of the pocket, And because a defensive player has either done a great job or the offense has broken down, the quarterback can just throw the ball away and it's an incompletion and you go back to the line of scrimmage. People don't understand how hard it is for defensive linemen, guys like you, Matthew, to get after quarterbacks. And when they do a great job, to me, it's one of the very few players 
where great performance is not rewarded. It's actually punished because a defensive lineman has to work so hard through all the extra holding, the stuff that goes on, and all of a sudden the quarterback gets outside of the pocket, throws it away. Hey, no harm, no foul. Let's get back to the line of scrimmage. It's almost like a do-over. So to me, I would love to see the rule be changed that the quarterback, when he throws it away to save himself, because I'm all about player safety, but it's a sack at that point. Because, again, you have to reward the defense for doing a good job, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Or we can just go straight to third and 15. Mm, is, that, is that the idea? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Regardless, regardless of the down and distance. Uh, listen, I'm going to ad-lib this guy because we got a pass rusher here. One of the things that comes up and has come up and will continue to come up is whether roughing the passer should be reviewable. And I think there's a lot of fans who want it, and there's probably a certain person mm. at the table who wants it. You want to protect the quarterback as much as anybody, Scott, but it's this dicey cross-section between the two. Should passer, pat, roughing the passer be reviewable, you think? Kyle, I'm an absolute advocate of it being, be, being reviewable because there's too many times where we have seen in reviews and replays that there was actually an unintention, unintentional hit or a hit that wasn't that bad. And to me, yep. when... Replay first started. I was in the league. I was in those meetings down at the owners' meetings when the competition committee was talking about it. And I remember being in those meetings with Bill. And one of the things that he and I talked about openly about replay was that we asked, we asked what was the purpose of replay. And the re- purpose of replay was that we wanted to get as many things right as possible. To me, replay on a sack or a hit on the quarterback or roughing the quarterback is absolutely a play that should be reviewable because a lot of times in those situations, if we go back and we look at the history of the plays and the times that has happened, they have been, it's been moments where those penalties have really shifted how things are going to be. So I would absolutely be about that play being reviewable, Kyle. Great answer. I know. Yeah. That is a Love great it. answer. Uh, maybe we should just send you the league meeting next year and Come be on. answering the questions. Scott Pioli, <laughs> right. we appreciate you <laughs> and all your insights, of course. Great to see you. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, everybody. Take care. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Speaking of freakish abilities, Keon White, who just went there from Georgia Tech, played four seasons at Old Dominion, then transferred into Georgia Tech. 38 reps at 225. 21 miles per hour, 280. Pocket collapsing, and he gets sacked again! Keon White, a third sack of the night! A full rush! That's our next guest. He led Georgia Tech's defense in sacks last season, and he looks to become the first Yellow Jacket drafted in the first round since 2010. Please welcome to Good Morning Football, defensive end Keon White. What up, Keon? Hey, how y'all doing? Good. We're great. We're great. We want to get to know you, man. Have the world get to know you before the NFL draft. Keon, tell us, you were not highly recruited coming out of high school. You end up spending time at Old Dominion before transferring to Georgia Tech. Tell us about your football journey, what you, what you want people to know about you to go from a freshman tight end recruit to now a potential first-round draft pick. Yeah, it's definitely been a journeyman's journey for sure. Uh, wasn't recruited out of high school. 
I didn't get my first offer until January of my senior year. Um, I actually considered going to the military. So I took the ASVAB, I was ready to go to the military out of high school. Um, but luckily, my coaches took a chance on me at Old Demand and uh, brought me in as a tight end initially. And then what brought you to Georgia Tech? Why, wh- how do you go from tight end to defensive end from one school to the next? Yeah, so it was actually like my coaches sat me down one day um, after the season, just came off starting tight end. And they were like, yeah, we want to switch you to defense now. Um, so I was like, okay, I, that's different. But I just went with it and rolled with the punches and had a pretty good season 2019. COVID happened. Um, and then once COVID happened, I decided to enter the portal. Um, and Georgia Tech really like spoke to me as far as like the coaching staff because we had uh, got Marco Coleman and Larry Knight there. And they were really honest about like how I can improve my game versus all the other coaches that I really talked to who were just telling me I was such a good player and things like that. And I value that honesty because I want to get better ultimately. And so that really spoke to me. And then being in Atlanta, um, Georgia Tech set you up really well with life outside of football as far as meeting um, very affluent people in the community. So I had internships. I was working um, for companies like McKinney's Certified Finishes and just getting work experience and for life. Like, and that was big for me as well. Well, you had a phenomenal performance at both your combine and your pro day. What do you hope to, uh, that stood out to the scouts that got to watch you and came to see you? Yeah, so for me, it's not about like the performance because it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. But it's just the desire to always get better and the desire to always improve is one thing I want people to know and and see that I'm always going to work to be better than I was yesterday. Well, listen, you're better in a lot of ways. You're obviously a very, very sharp guy. We don't see a lot of real estate majors coming in here. That was your major at Old Dominion, real estate. We hear that yeah. you are good with finances, which is awesome, and I love that. Give, give your draft class some advice, Ken. What is the best way, as they enter the league and they start getting checks, for them to save some money and make sure that money's there long term? Uh, so for me, it's passive income and equity. Um, I'm currently looking at buying a 10 to 20 unit property right now uh, down here in Atlanta just for having that equity and having some of that um, revenue coming in. And so that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life if you manage it right. And that's big. So just having assets that appreciate versus depreciating assets like cars, jewelry, things like that is one major thing. Keon, I absolutely love to hear that guys that play in the league for a long time, it's not till they're well in, that they start to develop what they want to do off the field. And you already know. But even beyond that, you've had a lot of jobs growing up. So now I hear you talking about financing and assets and things of that nature. But what's the oddest job that you've ever had growing up <laughs> before you were into the real estate and the finances and all of those things? So, yeah, so I was actually a Domino's delivery driver. So me being 6'5", hey, 280, I'm <laughs> delivering you pizzas. Definitely was, I turned a couple of heads when I was out there delivering pizzas. So that was one of the oddest jobs for sure. Huh. Put it on the list. We love it. Uh, but now you're going to be picked in the NFL draft, and that's fantastic for you. You seem like a guy that likes to have all the knowledge right in, out in front of you. You like to know the situation you're getting into. We've got a Pro Bowl pass rusher sitting at the table with us this morning. You got a question for him as you start to amass your wisdom and your NFL journey? Definitely. Like, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome in that year of transitioning from college to the NFL, from like dealing with tackles, just life in general, things like that? 
Uh, life in general is just a new city, uh, mm -hmm. new team. Uh, you got to find your footing and your placement and uh, be yourself. Uh, but as far as the football aspect, you also got to come in. You got to do your rookie due diligence. You got to – it's going to be the hardest year uh, of your NFL career. So you got to do your rookie duties, but then you, you, you get up earlier than everybody. You at the facility earlier than everybody. Uh, then you also have to perform. It's going. It's going to be a, a long. It's going to be a long laundry list of things you have to do for your room and for the guys that you're around. But then you also have to go out there and put your best foot forward on the field. And so that's that's going to be uh, difficult. But as you know and as you've seen, it's been done. You're not the first one that's going to go through it. So what you have to do is you have to put your pride aside and you have to ask questions. Ask as many questions from veterans and older guys and just peel apart their brains and their knowledge. So when you do come into some situations that you might not never think you're going to be in, where there is financially, uh, kids, uh, wife, uh, later on in life, you're gonna be like, "Oh man, I talked to I talked to Jason about this five years ago," mm -hmm. or "Oh, I I took this from Sis," or "Oh, I took this from a guy that I uh, I talked to in my rookie year," and then you just pass knowledge down. So I think it's just putting your pride to the side and asking for help. Keon, we appreciate your inquisitive nature. That was an awesome answer, I think. I, I, I appreciated it so much. Uh, you're a really cool guy, Keon, and 32 teams now are watching the show. They're getting to know you and everything about you ahead of the draft next month. You got some time here. Tell us why they should draft Keon White out of Georgia Tech. Again, just I pride myself on work ethic. So the first thing I'm going to do when I walk in a room is just work. I'm going to put my head down. I'm not going to try to be the rah-rah coming in guy just taking over a room. I want to work and let people decide who I am from there. And that's always who I am, and that's always who I'm going to be, for sure. My man. So focused. It. So My focused. Man. Keon White, a cool uh, from pizza delivery to real estate, that's investing right. your money, yes. and you are going to be uh, a leader in whatever room that you are in. Congratulations on your career so far, Keon White. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Good luck, man. Thank Good you. luck. I appreciate it. <laughs> Draft time as we lead up. We now have another guest on the show, defensive back out of the U. Please give a warm welcome to former Miami Hurricanes cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. What's up, Tyreek? Let's go. What's up? What's up? How y'all doing today? We're doing right. good, man. We're doing good. We're happy you're on the show. That NIL is paying off. I see the jewelry coming out of the shirt. Looking good, Tyreek. Man, you played your first two seasons at Georgia before transferring and joining Miami. Did you prove everything you wanted to do moving over to the ACC? How was those years, those years in Miami for you? Uh, I definitely proved a lot. Um, going into the ACC and transferring to Miami, I wanted the opportunity to play uh, corner, play on the outside, and just show the whole world, you know, I'm, I'm able to play inside and outside the box. And once I got to the ACC and Miami gave me the opportunity, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I had my foot on the gas and went full throttle with it. And obviously your time at both programs was fruitful because then you got a breakout week at the Senior Bowl. Tell us, what was it like to experience playing for NFL coaches so early in your draft process? And what was your biggest takeaway playing on the American team? 
uh, it was it, it was pretty it was pretty nerve wracking at first, and then um, you know once once you start understanding language and understand how they how they want stuff to move around, it, it became pretty fun and pretty easy. But definitely enjoyed my time there. I appreciate uh, Jim Nagy being able to give me the opportunity to come and showcase my talents and. Plan for the American team was great, to be honest. I, I met a lot of people who I could add to the family situation. I could, um, I like play with a lot of good players and was able to go out and showcase my talents among the best seniors. It's really cool. It's fun to see you out there right now as we're watching the video. You participated in the combine. And like many players, you have some thoughts about your 40 and some uh, rebuttal. Maybe you ran a 4-4-6, which is a very fast time, but you've been very vocal on Twitter saying that you ran faster than that. All right, take us through what happened and how fast do you think you can run the 40? Tell us the story. Um, to be honest, it really, really nothing. Um, just had a lot of guys on Twitter and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people like called me like, we don't feel like you ran the 446. And to be honest, I don't feel like I ran it either, but, you know, just having an opportunity to be there and actually, you know, compete and run was just, you know, more than I needed. I didn't really... I didn't really understand how that how that clock worked and how everything worked. Just having the opportunity, you know, I was more than I'm more than grateful for it. It's all right. I didn't run that fast. No, it's uh, okay. Look at him. This guy's killing it. You don't need to run that fast. Uh, you just need to be able to play. Speaking of play, uh, the U basketball team okay. is playing phenomenal right now. Mm-hmm. They're in the Final Four. Have you been watching? Do you know any of those guys? And you keeping up? Um, don't know any other guys, but just seeing them on campus, um, and I'm definitely all in. Just them being able to put on for the University of Miami, put on for themselves, and make program history just amazing for the program. And I'm proud of them, and I'm, and I'm um, the most excited for them to go out there and keep dominating how they've been playing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's oh, yeah. cool that you can promote uh, the U and, and uh, the teams that are in the Final Four. Uh, Tyreek, yeah. we've got a 13-year NFL defensive back that I have to sit next to and learn a lot of football from every day. You have an opportunity here uh, to ask Jason McCourty a question and how he might be able to help you start your NFL journey. Uh, main question I have is um, – well, um, how do you, you know? How do you keep your longevity? You know, you play so long, and you know, just not retiring. Um, what's what's some advice you could give to an incoming rookie on, on just being able to stay in the league so long? Yeah, for sure. When you get drafted, you're going to walk into one of 32 different facilities in the NFL, and somewhere in that locker room is going to be a vet that has already done what you're attempting to do. Find that vet and follow them. Ask them questions, but most importantly, watch and study their routine. When you get in the league develop a routine right away and stick to it. I think when you can do that, you then develop consistency and you learn how to be a pro. And those are two things that are going to help you play for a long time. Your talent and your ability, that'll take care of itself on the football field. But develop that stuff off the field and you'll play for a very long time. So I gave you my spiel, Tyreek. Now it is your turn. I see you got the Miami poster behind you with your name, the Georgia poster. You've been representing these universities for a long time. Now's your opportunity to represent yourself. 32 teams, facilities, they're watching our program right now. Coaches, general managers, everybody. Tell them why they should draft Tyreek Stevenson in next month's NFL draft. Oh, you're getting a a pure out dog, to be honest. Uh, I love the game of football. I love love what it's done for me, how it's provided for me and my family. And, you know, I just want to be able to get a chance to, um, you know, prove myself to every team. And once I'm in the building, you're going to get a grown man, to be honest. Uh, I've been playing football my whole life, and I feel like 
you know, once I'm in a program, I'll be able to, you know, play with the big dogs, to be honest. So you're just getting an all-out dog who's just ready to dominate and so dedicated to this football game. Straight dog and a grown man. Two words I love to hear, especially as a DB. Hey, good luck, Tyreek. I appreciate Thanks, Tyree. you joining the show, man. Good luck. Watch that guy on Sunday. Cannot wait. Thank good dude. Me. Really good player. Anytime, yes, my man. We'll see you next year when you're in the season in the league. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 